Aloha, welcome to the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPN, Hawaii.com. And it's always a delight, the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai every January. The Champions Tour season opening event won by Angel Jimenez this year, and the players have to earn their right to the tournament. And what I love about it has been this is the 19th year I've worked closely with the PGA Tour on it. Brian Goyne, who's the head of the uh, PGA Tour Championship Management, all the tournaments, was once the uh, uh, tournament director of the Ford Seniors in Detroit. So we have a lot of mutual friends in Detroit. I've worked with uh, media officials, uh, meeting the players year after year that, that have earned the right to come back. Um, and yes, that goes on and on. And a couple, you know, some favorite players, um, you know, the first Afro-Americans that played in the Mitsubishi Electric Championship was the MasterCard was uh, uh, Jim Dent and uh, Jim Thorpe. And the Golf Channel recently has has run been running a documentary called Uneven Fairways. I refer to it as often as Uneven Lies. I, I misspoke, but it's called Uneven Fairways. So this documentary, the Golf Channel has been running has really spurred a lot of feelings in me because they talk about the days when Afro-Americans weren't allowed on the PGA Tour. And I like I didn't know that, <laughs> particularly back in the 60s when I was going out to the Buick Open. And in those early days, they weren't allowed to be playing in the uh, Buick Open eventually. I think it was Charlie Sifford, Lee Elder, and, and others were able to. But it's a wonderful documentary. And at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship, uh, not only are there all the players and their families and everybody, but sometimes there's players who have played in it in the past that were there. And I ran into Jim Thorpe, uh, again, a, a PGA Champions Tour member and someone who's played in the Mitsubishi Electric Championship. He was there enjoying the weekend at the Four Seasons Resort where the, the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai is held. So as I as we stopped and said hello, I, I turned on my video camera and we had a chance to chat. And I asked him about the documentary of which he was a big part of. Uh, uneven uh, fairways and got some comments from him and a nice talk story. And I was happy that uh, Dave Marr third, who is with uh, NBC Golf, uh, Dave Marr's father played on the tour back in those days, 50s and 60s, and uh, also was a, a, a commentator and just a real influence in the world of golf. And Dave stepped in and chatted with us a bit. And on an, another segment, I talked with Dave about the subject in more depth, but I'm just going to run the audio from that conversation with, with Jim Thorpe, one of the nicest human beings and terrific athlete, and uh, his comments about that documentary and about what it was like uh, being an Afro-American, one of the best golfers um, back in the in the days, the 50s and and what they went through in order to get their due and get uh, to share. They they had a lot of great money games. They had their own tour, the uh, United Golf Association, I believe it was called. And uh, I'm just going to dig into it a whole lot more because I learned a, a lot. In fact, I dug into some old files this morning and uh, from March 1998 pulled up a, a column I wrote, some personal reflections regarding Black History Month, which this month is. And um, I'm reading it, and I'm just realizing what an impact being from Detroit had on my life. I've met so many wonderful Afro-American human beings and athletes and and musicians and everything. I'm just so glad Detroit is a part of my my uh, life, uh, just like being here in Hawaii and all the things I've learned here in Hawaii um, about the diversity. Uh, so 
Well, that's go a little bit astray there in my conversation. It all has to do with diversity and and just all the wonderful things that happen in life when we open ourselves up to the the friends and conversations and talk stories we can have. And this was one of those moments with Jim Thorpe and Dave Meyer the Third at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship. Uh, 2015. I'll tell you what, looking at the show the other night on Even Lies uh-huh. on Golf Channel, yeah. and I'm from Detroit, Calvin okay. Beach area and stuff, but I, I, that was, I, I weep during the whole show. You, well, know, you know, it filled in the pukas, as we say here in Hawaii, of my, you know, being in the 60s, I, I mm-hmm. said to my friends from Detroit the other night, we used to go out to the Buick Open in the 60s, and those guys couldn't even play in it. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. But you no, know, you did, but I said it to my friends. But but you know what? We knew things were going to change. It, it, uh-huh. it, it was just a matter of time for things to change. And uh, you know, I take my hat off to those guys that came before me, like Charles and Leo. And Jimmy Dent was a few years before me, too. Uh-huh. So they went through a lot more uh, controversy than I went through. But I thank them so much for standing their ground. All right. And we knew that it had to change. And you know what? I, I, I think the real problem was is, is, is that we had no one to point the finger at. It, it was kind of that way when we came along. So we just kind of fell into the system. Yeah. But, you know, we knew sooner or later. It's a fun thing about golf. The, you know, the golf ball doesn't care about what color you are. The golf courses doesn't care. And definitely when they're writing the checks. That, you know what I mean? So uh, if you go out there and play, mind your business. Things are going to change. It's just the idea. It took time. So hats off to Charlie Sipper and all the, and, and, you know, and it wasn't just the blacks. You know, there was a lot of the white guys that stood up for the black players because they realized we were just athletes trying to play a game that we love. So, you know, the book that Charlie Sipper did, uh, I Just Want to Play, uh-huh. and a documentation, Uneven Fairways, yeah. I think uh, uh, someday it might be a movie. Was that Pete McDaniels? Pete did McDaniels, that one? yes. Yeah. He did I mean, a magnificent fantastic. job. I, it, my, uh, 42, the, great, the movie that was out this year. Yeah, Jackie Robinson, yeah. Yeah, my brother played uh, Bert Shotton in the movie. And because yeah. of that, I did so much research and reading and learning and filling in gaps that I didn't know. And Jack Berry, I don't know if you remember Jack Berry. I remember Jack. From Detroit. And mm-hmm. I called Jack and had him on the show talking about that and we talked about your you guys the other night mm-hmm. and we're seeing the show and that's what I loved about the show was that you guys you had no bitterness you were just sharing history no, what, with us you sharing history you know what it was nothing to get bitter about you know we have to kind of maintain control and you know like I say if you keep your nose to the grindstone and keep doing what you should do things have changed for you and you know we knew that uh, you know you know the game was that we the most black guys we grew up on in the in the in the, in the cattle barn you know we grew up cattle and sure. that sort of stuff so, you know, we knew sooner or later that the doors would open and we'd be able to get out there and have some fun and play some golf and have a new year partner. And, you know, and just, just basically have some fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing I can say about golf and everybody around the game. Hello, baby. Uh, golf was, we look at one another as competitors. You know what I mean? We don't, you know, we don't see color. I mean, I can't hide the fact that I'm African American or black. Yeah. And they can't have the, the, hide the fact that they're white or Caucasian. So we, I mean, it's just something you, we, we, we see that. But we go deeper than that and we look at the interperson. You know what I mean? If yeah. he's a man, then you can treat him like a man or conduct yourself like a man. And those are the things that I think the documentation on even Fairways with Pete Medanius and even with Jackie Robinson 42. Yeah. Sometimes you get a little angry. Uh-huh. But you know what? You're only being human. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, here we are. We're still kicking. We love it. It's been great, and I wouldn't take nothing for that journey. Well, I saw Don Newcomb on an interview the other night, and he was saying Jackie was the right guy because I was a hothead. I might have been a better player than Jackie, but he was the right guy. And He was just, the right guy. And it, all of these things piecing together for those of us that grew up in the 60s, and yeah. it's like, wow, we were in the middle of all that and really didn't. I didn't. No. Now I, it's all filling you know in, and I'm loving filling in the, the history. A, there, was, there was a lot of people that did not know. There was a lot of people that did not know. I'm, I'm telling you. So it just, it, just, it just turned out to be fantastic, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's, so it's a wonderful piece. Well, Jim Thorpe, you, I guess to God, you have always, you and Jim Dent, I still have old interviews of you guys, and, and Willie, was that Jim's well, yeah, wife's well, You know, I think Jim had just turned fifth for the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and David Marr, too. Jim no, he's the coolest guy. He's, he is, Mr. We love it, man. You're getting the greatest mulligan we ever had in life. Absolutely. Today. But then, yeah. Champion Tour always gives us a chance to come on out and meet players and didn't know so much on the PGA Tour. Jim Thorpe, one of them, turns into great friendships. Also, we turn into great fans of yours as well. Beautiful. Man. And Dave, you've done such a... Hasn't he done such a wonderful job of showcasing it because of what he knew from well, his father? From, think about it, we could have picked a better gentleman for the job, you know what I mean? I, I mean, love what, it. What, what the golf channel and the staff has done has just been perfect for the champion. And your legacy of golf with your dad and the stories you've shared with me. And, yeah, and, and, he's a great player, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a I'm going to find out from my friends because they bought an auction package that, that Dave had up at the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association the other day. They're from Detroit and he's a pilot and they, they can't wait to go play Wingfoot. And, yeah, so they, they were said it was really worth it. But yeah, you are Mr. Cool, but you're Mr. Warm and Wonderful to me. I, you, your you heart, much, you've always had just a, a way of just putting your heart out there all the years that you were here. Well, you know what, we're the luckiest people walking around. Just think, at my age, 66 years old, still doing this. Uh-huh. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah. The most athletes at age 65, 66, they're, they're retired and sitting in a rocking chair yeah. somewhere. But, you know, we got Hale Irvin, who's turning 69 this year. Sure. Gil Morgan's got to be 68, 67 years old. Dana Quigley, I'm in my mid-past, my mid-60s. So, you know what? We are, very, we, are, we are so lucky. So, we're very, very happy with everything the chapter has done for us and, you know, to give something back to a game that we love. Well, and you it guys deserve so to be well. earning, the, I just talked to Greg McLaughlin, 26 tournaments this year, and of course the, the money is, you know, you guys deserve to earn it because you, you put a lot of effort into paving the way. You know what You're like the Kurt Floods of, of, of Listen, golf, we right? put a lot of effort in and didn't make any money. I know, that's what I mean. So Jim Thorpe like here at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship, it's great to see you. So very special to watch the the bond and the mutual respect when Dave Marr stepped in and joined us there with Jim Thorpe, Dave Marr III. Uh, again, his father played on the tour, and uh, Dave doing all the interviews and commentating. Uh, of course, works with Mark Rolfing, from, who is from Hawaii and on NBC Golf. But to, And also, we were standing right where the players come off the Mitsubishi Electric Championship and do the interviews with Dave Marr and the Golf Channel personnel or golf channel uh, commentators and uh, that's where Jim Thorpe and I were just off to the side so as the other players were walking by and saying hello to him and just the camaraderie is really special and 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 special to feeling for me too to feel a part of that camaraderie and I I really have a lot of uh, mahalos to Four Seasons Resort for hosting the event all those years but most of all the the close working relationship with the PGA Tour and the players and sometimes I think they let me do some things that <laughs> Maybe I I shouldn't be doing as far as my video camera and everything, but I I I have uh, met some wonderful people, and certainly uh, Jim Thorpe is one of those people. And 
and in honor of uh, Black History Month and Black History Year all the time. So, um, again, is that in fact the, the story I, I pulled out from March 1998 that I wrote some personal reflections regarding Black History Month. I'm just going to read the first paragraph or so. And it starts out, uh, when Ron Williams, publisher of Sports Hawaii, called the other day to nudge me along on my February story, he mentioned to me that February is Black History Month. I had an inspiration to get into some photos and memories, and that would honor Black History Month. The first person who came to my mind was Althea Gibson, first black athlete I was aware of in the late 50s, early 60s. Professional tennis player, ah, for some reason I'm getting weepy. Reading this, and professional golfer and wonderful ambassador for women playing all sports. I, that just took me back to about sixth grade. I thought about Althea this weekend while interviewing Jim Dent at the Senior PGA Tour MasterCard Championship at Hualalai. Jim Dent was one of the first black PGA pros on the tour. And I remember I wrote this in 1998. Other people that came to my mind for personal reflection on Black History Month with whom I've had the pleasure to share some common goals. Going back to Detroit in the 70s, Bob Lanier, Dave Bing, when they played for the Detroit Pistons in downtown Detroit. We all love Detroit. I had a store near Coble Hall where the Pistons played. It was one of the places people hung out, office workers, athletes, executives, cab drivers, so many to fuel our enthusiasm about our city while most lamented about what wasn't right about the city. Bob and Dave have gone on to be leaders in their communities, showing the same leadership they had on, on the court. In fact, just as a little side note right now, Dave Bing became the mayor of Detroit. Uh, he just left office uh, last year when uh, Mayor Michael Duggan took over. And Dave, uh, she just, you know, really, he jumped in when uh, the mayor of Detroit, Kwame Kilpatrick, had his challenges and uh, a lot of bad things not so healthy for the city, and Dave was the mayor. So they showed the same leadership they had on the court. Continuing with the story, I write, about that time, Lem Barney, number 20, was playing for the Detroit Lions. We began what has become a very long friendship, and Lem, who is now an NFL Hall of Famer, continues to contribute his positive spirit to Detroit. He works with Mel Farr, another NFL great and friend of Detroit, who never gave up the city and now operates very successful Ford dealerships. So that was 1998, I wrote that. Haven't been in touch with Lem as often, although I did have him as one of the celebrities at Dauphin Days here on the Big Island, and he was a hit. He came from Detroit, and the people loved him, and I was so happy to be able to invite him, and he was well-received by the Hilton Waikoloa Village and everybody and all the other celebrities that was great. So I uh, look forward, and I tried to look Mel up on a couple of my returns to, to my hometown, Detroit. And I think I'll do make sure I do that this summer. But he's, his, uh, his legacy is everywhere around the city. Okay, continuing with my story, I mentioned Night Train Lane was another. We worked together on behalf of the Police Athletic League in Detroit. He had been married to Dinah Washington. Wonderful story. Emmanuel Stewart, crown boxing in Detroit, brought Tommy Hearn's career along. Emmanuel created an opportunity for so many young men in Detroit to put their energy into boxing and earning a living from the sport. We were involved with Emmanuel and Tommy when Tommy first turned pro. We helped promote his fights. We used to put Tommy in a rickshaw and march through the streets of Detroit with trumpeters playing Rocky. Really? <laughs> Once Ernie Shavers joined us for a mock weigh-in. So many stories. 
But most important, athletes like Milton and Steve McCory, who fought in the Olympics, and Tony Tucker, all teenagers under their manual's guidance. It was a great boxing camp with good discipline and a lot of heart. I'll never forget the Hearns-Leonard fight in Las Vegas in the parking lot of Caesars Palace. I was reporting for WJR in Detroit at the time. We were all crushed when Tommy lost. Tommy, he really felt he let the city down. Took him a long time to get over that loss. I admired how he handled that. So that's just a paragraph of a very long story I wrote in 1998 regarding Black History Month. Just reminds me why I have such a connection with Detroit to this day, uh, connecting Detroit and um, Hawaii in many, many ways. And there's a lot of Detroiters that are living here contributing a lot of good things. And I'm going to continue to uh, connect those dots and share those stories right here on the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. You can also uh, Google Emily T. Gale Talk Story, and you'll see some of these stories shared in different formats on YouTube um, as uh, stories, blog, and um, other ways as I continue to learn how to use the social media in a way that allows me to tell more stories and, and more ways. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. Well, I'm always printing out information uh, from online about people that I want to have talk stories with. And I just pulled out one that, see, I printed this out in 2011. I have not called, I think I called and said hello to her. And it was a story about Renee Powell. The title, it's about the game, Renee Powell and diversity in golf. And Renee Powell, the first black offer to play in the U.S. Girls Junior Championship. She was the second Afro-American after Althea Gibson to play on the LPGA Tour. And I, I knew Renee. Uh, 1960, probably six, I played, uh, LPGA events. You could play if you had a five handicap or less as an amateur with, uh, and some of the other amateurs at the time, Sandra Post from Canada, Janie Blaylock. Um, oh gosh, there's a, a lot of people, but Renee was one. And I rem- I remember Renee so well and her father, Bill Powell, the story is that he built the nine hole Clearview golf course in East Canton, Ohio. After returning from service in World War II, at the time, courses in Canton area prohibited Afro-American players. Clearview is now 18 holes, owned and managed by Renee and her brother, Larry Powell. And Renee, I've always wanted to give her a call and talk with her. I did, as I say, called and said hello, because Rick, I don't know Rick's last name, but worked at the wine market. Rick was her caddy on the LPGA tour. So that's what I love about doing this show is the only thing is it's creating the time to do all the talk stories I want to do. But Renee Powell, another one who I always admired. So she played in some of those uh, uh, tournaments with us, and they were just, I just remember so well. Of course, at the time, did not realize what they were going through. Just uh, not not as aware as I am as I fill in pieces of history of things that I was a, a part of in some ways. And I referenced with uh, Jim uh, Thorpe um, that I had seen a special on ESPN, uh, Don Newcomb, who uh, played back in the 40s with um, Jackie Robinson and and Roy Campanella and that whole era of uh, the Negro Leagues, which actually were doing better than Major League Baseball at the time in terms of filling up the bar- ballpark. So there is that question of whether it was an economic or civil rights issue. And, and But nevertheless, Don Newcomb, I could not believe how articulate, what a wonderful uh, interview on ESPN. They're running it. You know, it's one of those shows that just keeps running. 
And just uh, all these stories, these pieces of history, it makes me feel even more inspired to pull out the stories I want to tell and keep trying to tell uh, while also showcasing what's going on every every day in life. And watching Tiger's uh, history, I, I was fortunate enough, I didn't even know who Tiger Woods was when I was at the, I covered the Riviera, uh, the LA Open, and everybody was talking about this young amateur golfer who was his first professional tournament. It was Tiger Woods, and I've, I've really watched Tiger closely. I've had an opportunity I, when he played with uh, Kevin Costner at the AT&T Pebble Beach. Um, because of Kevin, I was able to kind of be inside the ropes. I'd gotten to know Kevin over here when he did Waterworld and just had a wonderful couple days and really watched Tiger closely at that time, you know, just – Kind of from afar, I was part of the group, but I also stayed a little bit detached. And and uh, I've you know those of us that have have watched Tiger grow up, it's been more years than it's hard to fathom that it's been that long. But just watching what's what's going on with Tiger and his history and the evolving of it, it's important to I think keep alive uh, all aspects of one's history. And I I love being a part of it and being able to do that here on the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. Again, Black History Month, February. Uh, I like learning about it all year round. I start most of my days listening to a show in Detroit, 1200 AM, with Cliff Russell. Cliff is, uh, it was a great support of ours back in Detroit. In the old days, he was with the radio station then, WJCZ, the jazz station, so popular. And and he's done gone on to do a lot of great things, he and his brother. And Cliff was uh, involved with Dave Bing's campaign, campaign manager and then press secretary. And now he's the host of a, a wonderful sto- show called Detroit Speaks. He took over from a gentleman named Angelo Henderson, who had for years had been just uh, done a wonderful uh, job of being the host of the show, show and died unexpectedly. Uh, his wife, Felicia, is with the Detroit News, and Cliff has stepped into that role, and I think he's done a done a wonderful job. So I wake up in the morning early, about 5 o'clock is my sort of rise time, and I turn on uh, 1200 AM coming out of Detroit every morning, the listeners, the, the knowledge and the history that's shared. And speaking of Black History Month, Betty DeRamis, a longtime columnist with the, the Detroit Papers, and she's written two books on the Underground Railroad and um, – Stevie Wonders, turning him into a miniseries. I just ordered the books off of Amazon. Uh, looking forward to reading them. I just, uh, it is so much fun to to learn and, and love learning and sharing those stories myself. And I, I like Black History Month because it just reminds me to get into my files and pull out all the people that have had such a great influence in my life in, in sports and uh, community activism. Um, in the Afro-American community. So I really ap- appreciate all the people that have been mentors to me. Uh, Judge Damon uh, Keith out of Detroit. That's a real icon. Uh, all the things that he's done in the civil rights and in the city of Detroit. I could go on and on, and I probably will over the next few weeks And <laughs> as I continue to do the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. I'm going to stay focused on Detroit a bit, still uh, very connected to Detroit, my hometown, and proud of it as I am proud of of uh, being part of the Big Island of Hawaii community and, and, and connecting them 
uh, with each other in many ways that, that seems to be working. I'm getting some nice feedback on it. But in regards to Detroit, I was just listening to the WJR broadcast from Shinola. Uh, Shinola, which is their flagship store, is in Midtown Detroit. And uh, leading into the uh, uh, auto show, they had a remote there with uh, Paul W. Smith from WJR. And they just did a great job. But just talking about... Uh, Shinola has uh, really been a caretaker of the Say Nice Things. They, the, my, my movement back in the 70s, Say Nice Things about Detroit, and Shinola's picked up on the Say Nice Thing. That's, they have a hashtag, Say Nice Thing. It's really fun to see. I just looked at all the things people are doing to carry on that whole attitude. But Shinola, they've got, uh, they're, they're making watches and bicycles. They're in an area called uh, Midtown. And it was really fun to see, hear um, some talk story from uh, Justin Craig, who's the owner of Run Detroit, and also uh, Emily Lynn from City Bird Detroit. Uh, Shinola is like the anchor store in that area, but I think it's always it's, it's important to, to point out that City Bird and Run Detroit were there before Shinola. And that's what sometimes happens. You, the small businesses attract the larger one, and then when they can move forward and do great things together... It's such a wonderful, joyous thing, and that's what's happening with uh, Shinola and City Bird and and Run Detroit and Willie's and the traffic jam. They've been there for years, and across the street, the brewery and Fellows Barbershop is opening up. and And I relate to that because it all has to do with recreation activity. The putting on the runs they do. Run Detroit has Saturday runs. Uh, they have a demo day, shoe day at Bell Isle coming up in, in March, I believe it is. And just so many good things that that uh, retail developments can create for a community. And Shinola has just, they make high-end bikes, but they're urban bikes. And, and they're, they're, they're made for people that, that live in the city and, and the practicality of, of being in the city and the practicality of riding a bike in the city, that is. And people are riding their bikes in Detroit, not just for recreation, but for commuting, for it is a lifestyle. Uh, Detroit has real wide streets. There's a smaller population than there used to be. There, when there used to be 2 million now, it's like 700,000. And plus, there's a, a courtesy towards uh, people on bikes. It's just wonderful. Slow roll, Detroit slow roll. Um, you may have seen it on a Apple ad, Jason Hall, who started it all with his uh, friend Mike McCool. Jason was doing a national Apple uh, uh, commercial, which really showcased. It was interesting because I was in Detroit at the Farmer's Market, Eastern Market, on the day they were filming it. But they were so secretive about what they were filming. And then to, to see it and see that it was showcasing that wonderful spot, Eastern Market. I was there for breakfast with a friend who was actually from Seattle and showing them around last summer. But um, slow roll Detroit, unbelievable. A couple thousand people every week, sometimes more than that. And they cruise through the streets of Detroit, the good and the bad areas. Uh, just wonderful. They have a page, slow roll, uh, on Facebook, really fun to watch. But it's really setting a tone for across the country because uh, they've also, Jason's been to London. They're creating slow rolls, slow rolls around the country. And... Uh, just wonderful also to hear City Bird, uh, Emily Lynn, that is right down there in Midtown. Uh, they, they've done so much to contribute to the area. I love that they're our heartbeat of the Say Nice Things About Detroit products. We've got mugs and stickers and T-shirts. And uh, when, they were, when they were kids, they used to come into the store. Their father, Thomas, Lins, who, Thomas Lynn, who is uh, 
is heading up the Tiger Stadium Conservancy, and I heard him on uh, 1200 AM the other day about the entrepreneur um, seminars that are coming up at, uh, I think they're at Pony Ride in Detroit. Anyway, uh, their father used to run in my runs, the Elmwood Detroit runs, and they had written me a letter years ago and wanted to carry on with the Say Nice Things About Detroit. So we're all doing it in very nice ways. Shinola, thanks Shinola, did a wonderful billboard up on a building in, in Detroit and kind of carrying my heart along as they, um, in their way, uh, show a lot of kindness to me. So I really appreciate that. But the thing that I really appreciate so much is the recreation in Detroit. I used to say way back in the 70s, when I put on my first run, the only Detroit run, and I publicized it on WJR, and Police Chief Jim Bannon uh, sent a car for me when I got back to my store and t- had me come over to his office and said, we just heard you on the radio. You can't just go put a, sh- a run on in the streets of Detroit. You need to go out to Belle Isle, which is a park like Central Park in New York, but it's a few miles outside of downtown Detroit. And I was like, the whole idea is to showcase downtown and have people run through the areas that they are afraid of. And, to, you know, the streets are our greatest asset for recreation. We should be using them. And to his credit, he eventually let me do it. We had 100 runners, and that's where we gave our first Detroit shirts. Nobody had ever had Detroit shirts. They weren't in airports and places like that at the time. And it was kind of the, the start of it all. It all really started with uh, recreation. My Emily's Across the Street, which is a store I had downtown, putting on our first run and realizing the streets were a great place for recreation. And I give a lot of credit to Run Detroit, City Brood, all of them. The, the many things they're putting on and the way Shinola has picked up on that energy. And there's there's a lot of pockets in Detroit that, that good things are happening. Um, so segueing over to the big island of Hawaii, uh, lots of good things going on here too. Uh, the Waikoloa Village, they had their first Friday bike ride last Friday with Rich Bell and Jeff Manzo from uh, BikeWorks Beach and Sport. And, of course, Bike Works contributing so much to our community with events. Coming up is the Run for Hops down in Kailua, Kona, uh, fundraiser for PATH, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii. So that's uh, always a popular event, as is the Kona Brew Fest. It's tied in with the Kona Brew Fest. And Kona Beach uh, in sports out at the uh, Queen's Marketplace, very involved in the Lava Man coming up the weekend of March 27th. And... The actual Lava Man event is on uh, Sunday, March 29th, but the weekend kicks off on Friday, March 27th uh, with the Expo at Hilton Waikoloa Village and also the uh, Lava Man 5K Sunset Run at the Queen's Marketplace and, and of course, the Bike Works Beach and Sport at the Queen's Marketplace, the headquarters for that. And then Saturday, the annual Lava Kids at Anaho'o Malu Bay and A Bay as we have called it in the past, but we're all trying to use the Hawaiian names as well we should. And that's a wonderful event for the kids. Susan Nixon does a great job with that, and the expo continues. And then Sunday, March 29th, is the Lava Man out at Anaho'omalu Bay. And a very popular event. People come from all over the country for that, which is nice to see. Oh, there's so many people I want to mention. Uh, Every time I drive down the highway and I see the white tent down by the Honokahau Harbor, uh, I think about uh, Nanette and the Kona Aerials and just all the years. Nanette um, Jufrita, and she, how many years? 25 years. I remember when she was just in the this little tiny YMCA we had in the uh, old industrial areas, but it continues. So if you're ever driving by, pull in there because, you know, she. you can go in and see her facility. And I try to tell 
it's amazing how many kids come here from the uh, mainland and they're in gymnastics classes. They can go down there and just take a class with her or join the group. You know, she has uh, day passes just like the gymnasiums do. So, Nanette, congratulations to you. They had a casino night recently. I hope it was successful because they really work at raising the money to get their their uh, gymnastics students to um, all the competitions across the state and the mainland. Kona Hiking Club. Gosh, Kathleen Johnson, what a great job she does. Uh, not only keeping us apprised of what kind of hikes are coming up, and there's one at Captain Cook Monument on the 21st, but... For instance, recently uh, just hooked up with uh, Richard Stevens, who's with the – he's a history instructor at the University of Hawaii, but he's handled a lot of the pathways and and making um, the pathways clear that are tied in with the uh, Veterans Cemetery. There's an opportunity as, as the Kona Hiking Club all participated. There were about 50 volunteers that, that showed up, and they uh, started – you know, seeing, working uh, to bring definition to the overgrown walkway, I guess is the best way to put it. And as he said, you can think of yourself as walking in the footsteps of the people of old. But Kona Hiking Club, Kathleen has done a great job of integrating the club, not just for hikes, but for volunteer days, getting rid of uh, overgrown vegetation, all kinds of things. Just like People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii does, the volunteers, everybody that gets out and creates trails where we all get a chance to walk and ride and take dogs and uh, not just for bicycles, but non-notarized uh, transportation. So really neat. Kona Hiking Club, go to their website, check it out. And uh, their hikes are for all levels of hikers, and some of them are a little more strenuous than others. You can pick and choose. I've really enjoyed it. In fact, on Sunday I went up, and instead of running, I took a walk up here in Waikoloa Dry Forest area. or the whole. There's a lot of trails up here. And I had my new walking stick that was given to me by a Kona Hiking Club member, David, and his wife, Kristen, I believe it is. Their uh, daughter-in-law's name is Emily, and she moved to the mainland and did not take the walking stick with her that David had made, and they gave it to me. And I just loved it. It was just the whole connection was wonderful. So really recommend the Kona Hiking Club for those of you that love to be outdoors, and, and we always learn a lot. People have a lot of history about it wherever we're taking our hike to learn things. And in reference to the Veterans uh, Cemetery and all the work that Richard Stevens and all the volunteers have done, I think they work on Tuesdays up there at the uh, Veterans Cemetery. And what a great way to get exercise. It doesn't always have to be a walk or a run or a bicycle ride or whatever, but just getting out and working with a lot of the volunteer groups is great exercise. And it was nice to see um, recently... Uh, they had a presentation ceremony at West Hawaii Cemetery for the National um, what's it, Legion of Honor. And what is it? William Oshiro was one of the attendees. And Tracy Matsuyama, oh, she's done so much up there, and her son's real involved now, too. Their um, relative was one of the Nansai soldiers. So that whole ceremony was France Honors Big Island Nine say soldiers, something I've been trying to learn more about. Very, very interesting. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. I'm thinking of just looking at a story here where someone's looking for stories from the Japanese uh, Hawaiian farmers, Japanese farmers. And, of course, the Kunitake family, Vaiaha River Coffee, falls in that category. Third, third generation farmers, they've been on their land over 90 
five years. They've been my friends for over 30 years. And just there's so much history, so many stories. But one of my most recent fun stories is Chick has become a real fan of the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai. And he's made friends with the players and like Jay Don Blake and his wife, Marcy. And we just got a, a text from them. Jay had been off the champion tour for a year. He had an injury and he he went back on last week. He did pretty well and for not having played in the tournaments for a year. And this past year, Chick uh, took his sisters, uh, Helen and Dinah, out, and they loved it. And they made friends, as they Chick has over the last year or two, with Ben Crenshaw. And they have some real sweet stories about how nice Ben Crenshaw and his wife were and all the people. And I think that's what's so great about the Mitsubishi Electric Championship is the friendships run deep. And uh, as people maybe only see each other that Time of the year, um, Chick even told me a story about a resident who all lie who I had introduced him to quite some time ago, and uh, Donna uh, Fugo, and they were able to say hello and just it's very sweet, very sweet stories, and golf has that way of bringing people together. And boy, was that ever evident at the Maori Intercollegiate twenty fourth year championship out at Waikoloa Beach Resort last week. Uh, 18 teams, I think it was, from across the country. And good for Dale and Yamanuchi. He was the leader. He's with the University of Hawaii Hilo. They are the hosts of the tournament. They're a Division II school. And for Dale to lead the, the tournament on the first day was fantastic. I think it was 60-80 he shot. But the camaraderie out there and the spirit of all the different schools and Certainly, the competitive nature of the golf was great to see. Well-organized event, as always, Waikoloa Beach Resort and the University of Hawaii at Hilo under Coach Earl just a, and his son, Troy, I believe, helping him out, too. Great job of hosting what is rated as one of the top intercollegiate golf tournaments in the country, so kudos to them. And also, kudos to, uh, speaking of Chick Kunitake, he was telling me about being up at the uh, state tournament up at Kona and when Kona won, won, won the Division One game, and so they'll be heading to states. And I'm sure it was – I didn't hear it, but I'm sure it was a wonderful broadcast by Jacques, uh, Josh Pacheco, always is. And so it would be fun to watch those games to state. It would be wonderful to see Kona Wina go all the way, the whole distance. Wonderful coverage in West Hawaii today of our high school sports. I'm just looking at the one from last Sunday and just four nice stories on the front page. All the girls basketball, girls soccer. Isn't that a long ways from 30 years ago? And uh, I've had some fun getting to know uh, Darwin, who works out at Waikoloa Beach Resort, and learning about his daughter, Yvonne Daniels, who plays for Southwest Oregon, I believe it is, and uh, kind of following her a little bit. She played with Honoka'a. And uh, I see here that they went to their second straight crown last weekend, Division Two. So good for them. But uh, it'd be fun to get a little more uh, acquainted with uh, Yvonne Daniels, who played with that uh, winning team as well a couple of years ago, but is on a scholarship at Southwest Oregon. Uh, I love those kind of stories. And there's just so many young athletes that are, are moving on and having an opportunity to do what they want to do. And, boy, got to give a lot of credit to the parents, for sure, that, that get their athletes. And I know because I had a mother who got me to golf tournaments and all kinds of swimming meets and things like that. 
I'm looking at a lot of uh, promotion, the short hops, of course, in West Hawaii today, about the canoe season getting underway, the regatta season, Kayapua, Kaitu, everybody out there, uh, you know, reminding you that you can get involved, Waikoloa Canoe Club, in the regatta season. It definitely is a commitment. I've never been able to step to the plate and give it that kind of commitment, but sure do admire those that do. And uh, every once in a while, I'll get out to Waikoloa Beach Resort and get into the recreational paddling. I'm going to try to do that a little more because it is our state uh, sport, and it's pretty neat. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot of going on. Also, just a, a mention that the uh, the Waimea Athletics is holding registration for girls basketball ages 9 through 14. And they have clinics February 24th to the 26th at the Thelma Parker Gym. Uh, I still carry a basketball around in my car and love shooting hopes. Don't do it as often as I would like, but it's a wonderful sport to learn and just be comfortable having that ball in your hand. I learned in my neighborhood with the boys in the neighborhood. Also want to make mention of the Hawaii Cycling Club. They've announced their 2015 schedule. They do so many good things. Uh, a lot of time trials throughout the year. You, they do one day, $5 membership, or you can join the club. Not sure what that takes. I'm going to look into that. But they have a Century Ride coming up in April, Ride of Silence on May 20th. Uh, lots of things that go on with them. And um, you can go to hawaiicyclingclub.com to get more information. And Lava Kids is holding the 10-session uh, running clinics and they're on Fridays until May 22nd, and they're at the Kalakehe Middle School. So check that out at lavakids.org. Um, West Hawaii today doing a nice job showcasing the Lava Kids series, and uh, Jerry Rott doing a nice job uh, creating all of that. I want to give a big mahalo to people that are my supporters, a few of them, Waikoloa Beach Resort, longtime supporters. The Emily T. Gale Show, certainly the Kunataki Ohana and Waiaha River Coffee, uh, which is, you can pick yours up at uh, Dinah's in Halualoa. You can go to cornerroast.com and read a little bit about their history and send Dinah an email. She'll ship it out anywhere, but I encourage you to go up to Halualoa and poke your head in the window of Dinah's right next to Paul's place and across from Mary Lovin's gallery in the post office. And first Friday's up in Halualoa. On the evenings, the first Friday of every month, a wonderful way to get a nice couple-mile walk-in and see some wonderful small entrepreneurs and artists and shopkeepers and some restaurants and just a, a, a wonderful spirit of uh, entrepreneurship, of artists showcasing their 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 work. And uh, a nice event up there the first Friday of every month. And again, a wonderful way to get get exercise, as is the Kakua Walk. I was watching Big Island TV last night. Do they not do a wonderful job of everything they do? I, it's one of the first places I send visitors is to Big Island TV because I think they really they stay current. They sh- just do, do a um, wonderful job of, of showcasing what's going on. And they showcase the, the Kukua Walk, which is down in Kailua Village. And another wonderful way to get a walk-in and support our local merchants. And I, I always send people that are visiting down, if you're in town on that Sunday, um, that it runs every month, uh, down into Kailua Kona. Because really, people, they're walking along the ocean. They're getting the local spirit. It's just a, a wonderful thing. And same thing, sending people that 
maybe are staying down in town up to the resorts. And some of the things coming up in March, the Ukulele Festival at uh, Waikoloa Beach Resort. Matalani had an Ukulele Festival last week. Just a lot of great things going on. So Maya River Coffee, a uh, big mahalo to them for their longtime support and kudos to them for this chick always says i just want to make good coffee which she does obviously they've been winners of the people's choice awards several years in fact they were just featured on um, japanese tv and they're really getting some response people that are coming to the big island and saw it on the the japanese station what is the name of that station nhk i believe it is and uh, it's about a 10-minute piece. They went down to the farm and showcased, because they do it old-time old time farming down there at Iaha River Coffee. It's um, quite a showcase of old-time farming. But the beautiful feature they had on um, Japanese TV, and there, people were coming into Dinah's and Hello Aloha and saying they saw it. The important part is, is it showcases the the history of the the coffee industry and the history of families that have been such a big part of it, like the Kunitaki family, who have also been a big part of my life for a long time, and I sure appreciate it. Robert at 808computers.com. Oh, my gosh, I've changed my habits. Uh, we all need to, I guess. And, well, to, to stay relevant, there's so much to learn and be aware of and how to do it, and that's what I'm trying to focus on this year is just... I used to think I was ahead of the curve 25 years ago on computers, and every and now I just it's hard to even keep up. But I love it. I love applying what I'm learning to the producing of the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPN Hawaii.com. Also, my YouTube shows, a lot of shows that I had on uh, Community Access, not Leo TV, which I still run, and I encourage you to take a look at that station. A lot of good sports events on the, on the show. Uh, of course, Rosie has his shows and showcases all the sp- uh, high school sports. And um, you can be a producer there, go down and take the classes. And I used to do that, but it's fun to be able to figure out how to convert all that and get it onto YouTube. And, um, yeah, really, really fun and encouraging to uh, just keep learning how to be uh, a more complete storyteller. <laughs> and I want to thank everyone for listening to the Emily T. Gale show here on ESPNHawaii.com and uh, and a a great big hug and uh, mahalo to everyone at BikeWorks Beach and Sport and Kona Beach and Sport and BikeWorks Kona. What a great team they have of everybody. They're so enthusiastic about recreation and they're so encouraging to locals and visitors on how to enjoy. You can rent bikes from them. You can go on the community bike rides at Queens Marketplace 830 on Tuesdays. And I think they had about 30 people last week. So they're getting a nice bunch of people. And they also do one on Thursdays from um, uh, BikeWorks Kona. It is the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. A big aloha.